Ah, uh, cut it, cut it. Can we, can we get rid of that? Cut it. Not a fan. Not a, is, is that like fucking diet Nickelback or something? Seriously, have we got something even more generic you can find to put people fucking sleep? Jesus. Look, let's cut the shit. 30-minute interviews released weekly. We're going to talk to some everyday Australian guys, ordinary blokes who have been through something extraordinary. It's going to be raw. It's going to be emotional. But hopefully you can go away with some tips and tricks, maybe some good habits that will get you through your own rough patch of life. We're trying to break a stigma here. Blokes don't talk, so we're starting a conversation. Yeah, mate, no worries. Let's let's fucking go again. Outro music. Show us your picture, Chad. Okay, so long overdue um, catch up with uh, my dear friend um, Jordan uh, to give you some background. Um, Jordan's probably been one of the biggest supporters of this little venture throughout and um, we'd spoke many times about um, him him coming on but uh, kept getting put off and I think he actually came over one night for us to get it done and end up playing pool and talking shit because I think we both had shitty days and, and it seemed more more appropriate. So welcome, dear sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. So take us through, Geordie. Um, where were you born, mate? Where did you grow up? All the basics. Uh, born in the uh, the great town of Frankston, if that helps. Uh, grew up in Tanamba. Uh, lived lived there for most of my, my childhood. Uh, been in the area my whole life, so... Yeah, then now residing in, uh, in Maf- lived in Mafra for a bit, and then yeah, now living in Sale. Cool, cool. So um, the family structure that you came from, mate, what's what's that comprised of? Uh, so <clears throat> mum and dad uh, separated when I was uh, very young. Well, sorry, I should say me and my twin sister. So uh, yeah, mum and dad split up when we were quite young, um, and then dad and my stepmom Kathy uh, have my younger brother Byron and younger brother younger sister sorry uh, Michaela uh, and then mum has gone and had uh, another set of twins with my stepdad Gary and a singular um, boy Jace so yeah yeah crazy 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 it's funny um Geordie will usually give me a buzz on Sundays or or Monday morning when he's when he's gone for his walk and and uh, as he always supports, listen listen to the the weekly episode of of blokes don't talk and give us give us some feedback and and um, universal to the people that I've had on that that he knows personally has pretty much been um, oh, I didn't know this about such and such or I'd forgotten this and um, and for me man I, d- I didn't know that start to start to life for you it's that's very very interesting feel a bit guilty about that um, so. Schooling, mate, take us through your schooling. Uh, so I uh, went to St Mary's Primary School in Mafra here, uh, then off to Mafra High for a total of three years. Uh, dropped out in, in year nine, finished year nine, I should say, sorry, and then straight into a, uh, a baking apprenticeship, which I did here in Sale uh, at Baker's Delight with Matt Stevo, who uh, is a, a great all-round bloke who I've got a lot of respect for and uh, took a, a bit of a chance on a, on a 15-year-old kid to take on an apprenticeship, so 
that was me through 18, you know, still in the bait, still baked until I was, oh, well, where do I, where do I go? Uh, so I went from, from Baker's Delight to Woolies. I uh, went from Woolies to uh, Telstra shop for a bit of a change. Was there for a total of eight months. Uh, then went and sold cars again, uh, sold cars for, for 12 months. Uh, then got into the advertising gig, uh, working at the Gibby Times for, yeah, six, yeah, probably 14 months or so. And then, yeah, now I'm currently residing, still advertising with Win TV, and I've been there for, yeah, wow, what are we? May, yeah, it's probably nearly been 18 months there, so. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and likewise, shout out to Maddie, who you mentioned from um, Baker's Delight, um, a friend and a, and a listener and, and does a, a hell of a lot for for the local community and broader community, runs a big breast cancer fundraiser each year among various other um, pursuits of charity that he's involved in. Um, cool. So hobbies and stuff growing up, man? Uh, very, very sports orientated, massively into my footy and my, and my basketball, as, as you probably know, we talk about that a fair bit, um, into my gaming, so... Uh, and then just hanging out with my uh, with my dog and my uh, my my fiance. So, so gaming. Um, what style of games do you like to play? Two uh, K. So I play a lot of NBA um, sports games. Uh, I'm into Assassin's Creed at the moment. So just that historical side of things, uh, I, I enjoy, and just the the. the um, how they recreate the whole atmosphere is just, uh, yeah, really gets going. <laughs> like it. Yeah, very good. So with, with 2K and sports games of that nature, do you do the full sort of career spec, start as a shit player or shit team and, and build up or do you just jump on, you know, 16 dubs and have a 70-odd 70, 70 season? <laughs> nah, shit player, shit team. I always make myself taller than what I am, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can you make yourself as short as you are on the game? Or? Uh, I think you could try. <laughs> Got Muggsy still on there, maybe? Yeah, so I'll fit in nicely there. <laughs> very good, man, very good. So you, you alluded to your relationship status, so you've got a, a lovely fiancé um, and also one fur baby to date, I believe. That is correct. Uh, yes, so Bromwyn, uh, my fiancé, we were meant to be married in April, but uh, due to this whole COVID thing, we had to postpone, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, look, there's always brighter days ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And obviously it's your connection that endures. Um, I, I think I briefly discussed it when I had uh, Daniel on, but um, definitely discussed it with a number of friends and, and, and you, I'm pretty sure, that I think you were one of um, maybe four or five couples I know who were directly affected and, you know, um, I think uh, one got their wedding in in time, and the rest had to had to postpone. So probably fairly stressful period for you both, obviously. Yeah, sure. Was. And and the fact that we had um, you know, the three weeks before ours, we had a wedding every weekend, and yeah, it was pretty stressful. And the fact that the the good thing that two of them got away, and and one of them postponed for for twelve months. Um, which was which was great, but you know they got the the legal side of things done, so they'll just have a big party next year, which is great. So and then, yeah, we're we're looking at, at going ahead sort of later on in the year, if not early next year, or depending on how this all t- 
turns out. Yeah, it's great. What was, um, I think it, I don't think it was coincidence. I think it was just more that everyone seems to get married in March, April. What the, I was going to say March, but yours was going to be April. Yeah, start of April. So, yep. um, cons- the significance of that was it was sort of the week between bronze and my birthday. So it sort of fell, you know, ten days after bronze and a week before mine. So we sort of thought that was the perfect perfect idea, and yeah, that was why we chose the date. But again, wasn't meant to be. And then didn't didn't get away with being fucking tight asses and actually had to buy birthday presents as well. Yeah, exactly right. So, <laughs> you know, keep it all, all one big present so you don't have to buy multiple small presents that cost you more money. Very good, man. Very good. Well, that kind of outlines um, uh, your your journey to date, I guess, man. So um, might take a, a break there and then get into the deeper stuff after. Yeah, man. Sounds good. A word from our sponsor. Nah, just fucking with you guys. We're never going to monetize this. This is your resource. And blokes, this round's on me. As we move into the next section of this conversation, we're going to be asking some pretty real questions. We're going to take things a level deeper. It'll be raw, but hopefully we'll come up with some tips and techniques that might help some fellas out there get through a bit. If what we discussed today raises some emotions for you, either from something you've got through in the past or something you're currently dealing with, discuss it with someone in your life you trust. If someone isn't immediately available or if you're quite anxious about the feelings that you uncover, call Lifeline Australia. They're available 24-7, they care and they're very professional. 13 11 14. Alternately, have the chat with your GP. Discuss going on a mental health plan if you're having a rough time. There's no shame in it. Get a little bit of counselling. Get yourself travelling in the right direction. If the voice in our head gets a little bit negative, it doesn't magically get better. We need to introduce a professional. Someone who has a bit of rationality. Someone who has a bit of positivity. Somebody who can help us not just survive, but thrive. We need you fellas and we want to see the best of you. Awesome. So back with Jordy, we're gas bagging away in the break there, and I shit myself thinking that um, was going to go too long, and then forgot just how long I crap on for in that middle interlude. So <laughs> saved by my rambling lisp. Um, as you know, Jordy, we kind of deep end conversation after the break and go from fucking pretty benign to entirely. Entirely aggressively cancerous shortly thereafter. So, um, man, what's the hardest thing that you've had to go through in your life? Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I couldn't really, really tell you. I don't really have a, a, a hardest point in my life. I think I've had a pretty good, a pretty good life. Um, nothing's been too strenuous on me and, you know, but yeah, like I, I couldn't I couldn't narrow it down if I had had to put something there. Yep, yep. So um, with the, I suppose it was was too early to have much of an effect, and, and and what transpired was just the new norm. But what age did you say that your folks split and all that went on? I was very young. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, again, yeah, before before it was yeah, it was always it was it was just normal. 
Well, it kind of fucked up my next question, brother, but <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how we go anyway. Sorry. So, Captain Perfect, on the times when um, life has been uh, slightly less smooth, um, what's, some, what's some habits that you try and turn to that you think um, help you process those, those uh, emotions during a troubling time? Um, look, I probably just I, I tune out, I put some music in, I, I zone, I just I listen to music. I don't like put music on and just do something. I listen to it and, you know, I try and relate to the things that the, the people are saying and, you know, it's that's me just trying to get in a zone and or, you know, I'll immerse myself into, into my gaming and, you know, I can sit there for, for hours on end just playing. And, you know, that probably sounds normal for, for someone my age, but, you know, that's something that I do to, to zone out when I am having a shit day or I'm having a shit, shit trot at things. It's what I do. You know, I like to zone out. I just like to sit there and, and stare blankly at a wall or play a game and get really involved in that. Random question that... Um just sprung to mind for me during that, and I guess it's the, you know, the differences in the way people approach similar things, I guess. But um, when you said about really listening to the music, as in lyrically, you really take it in? Yeah, lyrically, yeah. It's it's weird. Uh, um, I'd love to know more more about the way that people interact with music, but for me, like, I'm... Uh, you know, songs I've heard a thousand times I, I wouldn't be able to necessarily sing along to, yet I have, whether it's um, you know, subconsciously listening to the lyrics and not consciously giving any credit to it, but I kind of feel like um, I, I always seem to have a feel for the, for the vibe of the song, like would guess what the story being told is. Maybe, maybe that's why I like albums more than individual songs. Yeah, and I'm, I'm exactly the same. I prefer prefer albums over songs like yeah there's songs that do get me and there's songs that I really enjoy listening to but I'll prefer to listen to a whole album and I'll listen to that album over and over again until you know I'm blue in the face or Ron's telling me to turn it off because she's heard this song four or five times but that's just me because that's what I like to do I like to sit there and I like to listen to that because I try and relate to that to that song or to that particular um, part of the album hypothetically so, yeah. It's interesting, um, complete divergence on the same topic, but you think about uh, your streaming services, Spotify and whatever it may be, and, and that probably suggests maybe they're great for pop music, but, um, you know, your rock music and, and uh, your more grungy R&B and, and, and stuff, I guess that's a, a bit of a journey across the album. It probably doesn't relate very well when you're picking out bits here and there or putting them in the wrong order even. Yeah, that's nah, correct, and that's that's sort of the genres I'm into, into that grungy, poppy rock sort of, um, yeah, even, you know, acoustic versions of, of songs that people have heard over and over again, there's, you always find that different, um, the way that the person or the band is portraying it, you find that it's it's it hits a bit different. I Yeah, I spend too much, have spent too much time on YouTube across my years, and, and one of the favourite go-tos is acoustic covers of, rock songs, I guess, from from the noughties onwards, kind of being that 10 years or so older than older <laughs> than you. But <laughs> I think it was a good generation for for rock music anyway. So mm. um, 
being that everything's a fucking picnic for you, champ. So, that's harsh. Um, what would you say has been the best moment of your life so far? Um, oh, she'd probably shoot me if I didn't say it, but uh, I would have to say meeting meeting Bron really really turned my uh, my life around at the time. I was in a pretty dark place when I met Bron, and yeah. How long have you been together now? Five. Hang on. Yeah, she, I'm going to get this wrong. So <laughs> she'll yell at me. I've still got <laughs> a couple of spare bedrooms at home, mate. So yeah, no, just do right. your best. Um, well, yeah, five. Yeah, it'd be it'd be yeah five and a half, six years. Yep. And how how did that turn? Things around for you, I guess, at the time, state of mind wise, and and the likes. Um, just someone different to talk to at the time. I, was, I felt like I was talking to the same people, or or wasn't talking to people at all. I just got in a rut and felt like I was I was okay, as you as we all think we are. At those, uh, we don't think that this affects us when you know at the time. But yeah, I got to, uh, uh, a different set of eyes, a different set of ears, and. Yeah, it just made me really think about where I was and where I wanted to be. It's um, it's so true. Obviously, it's a you know huge part of the the motivating force for this and the message that we put in the the guts of it there and and whatnot. That's that whole. It's almost the definition of insanity, I guess. Keeping the same input and input and expecting a different output. If if you're only relying on the the voices in your head and, and um, you know, they're, they're telling a pretty dark story about you or telling you how useless you are or whatever it may be. Um, you, you're relying um, to an extent on on some external support there to to um, show a bit of rationality, I think I say, and, and um, tell you where you're beating yourself up over nothing and, and you know, help you, help you hear some new stories about you to what your head might be telling you. Yeah, exactly right. Um, back into the, hopefully you can find an answer, champ. Um, <laughs> back into the, the dark side of the coin. So more um, internal question, I guess, rather than what the external world has brought you. But what would you identify? Um, is there anything that stands out as, as the worst or most embarrassing uh, thing you've done or, or, or phase of your life? When, when did you least meet the, the Jordan expectations? Um. Meeting the Jordan expectations, right? <laughs> uh, I, I find that I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself, as it is personally. I, I, I hide my, hold myself to a pretty high, pretty high standard, um, and that I would never expect anyone else to. to I wouldn't hold anyone to the expectations that I hold myself to because uh, that's I don't know. That's just the way my brain works, <laughs> and um, yeah, most embarrassing moment. Or Darkest point, sort of. Yeah, I. It's it's probably it's a hard one. I was probably in a job where I wasn't, you know, wasn't happy doing it anymore. I'd done it for for seven and a bit years, and you know, I just felt like I was going around in a circle and going nowhere fast, and um, probably was using recreational. Uh, drugs a little bit more than what I had in the past, and yeah, it was. I was 
that yeah, I'd say that was a pretty pretty. That was my low point where I just I, I couldn't I couldn't motivate myself to to do anything or to to get up in in the morning. Nothing nothing drove me to to do things and yeah, I just kind of felt like I I could fix that by by deep diving and uh, into into the world of of recreational drugs and yeah, it sort of took me to a place I really don't want to go back to. Yeah, no, well, I was about to say I totally understand that of habit, but uh, I don't, um, I don't, uh, of, of all the, you know, spectacular array of things that I've managed to train wreck at some stage of my life, um, that's for whatever reason something I, I, I didn't do. My mum my was, um, you know, a, I wouldn't say she was any sort of a um, dictator, but she, uh, you know, had a very positive outlook on life and I guess um, what you'd, suggest a Christian values, not that we were a church going family or anything like that. And and dad was a cop, so um drugs weren't ever on the agenda and for some reason, regardless of whatever else I fucked up, I I never went that way. So um tell us about how that spiraled or or didn't help. Um what was the gateway per se? Was it a was it a um as part of going out partying thing or was it a more introverted thing at home or how, how did that sort of play out? Uh, yeah, keep the nail on the head there. Like it's not to uh, my parents um, or, or four of my parents, I should say, were, were great influences on me and, you know, the whole you know, drugs are bad and, you know, I just something that I – the crowd I was with at the time and um, – yeah, it was more. It was a party thing to start out with, and yeah, it just sort of went from there. And I just sort of felt that I couldn't couldn't get the uh, I couldn't get motivated without the help of these of these things. And to the point where you know, my last dollar that I had would would be spent on buying something to make sure that I got through to payday, or it was, um, yeah. It was just something that made me get through, get through the week, kind of thing. Helped me get up and try and live life like nothing was going on. And yeah, I found it was that was yeah, that was pretty pretty low point in my my life there. And again, it's it's the, probably the crowd I was hanging out with, with at the time. So, just to kind of get my head around cause versus effect so to speak the i guess what you've presented there as symptoms like the depressed the the aspects of depression shall we say the lack of motivation and the struggling yep. to get into your day and that sort of stuff um uh was that um do 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 was that a part of what drove you down that path or was that a side effect of the lifestyle you were kind of living. Nah, that that, that drove me down there. <laughs> yeah. So it, it again, it it made me happy, and at the time, it, it made me happy, and that's what I thought was. That's what happiness was at the time, sort of thing. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Like I'm I'm fairly liberally minded towards um most things, I guess, for someone that hasn't been in in that path whatsoever but um 
uh, and having worked in nightclubs for forever, I've just been endlessly around it. But I've seen some some people that short term or longer term, once you get into your um, uppers and and whatnot, um, can pretty quickly fucking mess someone's life up. In in, in my experience, e- even what a lot of kids, unfortunately, these days probably consider harmless, more harmless things, ecstasy and, and genuine party drugs associated with music and whatnot. I um, was around a lot of people that, that probably partied for a few years too long and, you know, were still clubbing at 25 or, or substantially later and, and their serotonin levels for having relied on um, ecstasy or speed for close to a decade of their lives were they were they were shells of humans when they were away from it i guess yeah and that's and yeah, yeah again hit nail on the head there that was that was a path i was going down and you know i i got to the stage where you know you look at yourself in the mirror and you go this isn't the person i want to be and i need to make a change and yeah i decided that this was this was the time yeah crazy man so not even slightly interested in what question I was going to ask you next. Now I'm more, <laughs> more interested in finding out about this. So um, how did you dig your way out of that hole? Um, or was that part of the meeting Bron? And no, yeah, yep. no, I met Bron and, you know, that's, that was when I, I went, oh, fuck, I better, better clean myself up if I want to impress this girl. And, yeah, it sort of drove me to, to change and, to motivate it, it was a different kind of motivation. It was instead of you know this is I was getting up because I wanted to, um, I wanted to keep talking to this girl. I wanted to get to know this girl more, and I wanted to to do these things. And um, yeah, it's just yeah, it, it it changed my perspective and and things, and made me look at life a bit differently. Yeah, I can I can totally imagine, and, and I can see in. Um, your interactions, how much of a a team, for lack of a better word, you are at, at trying to, um, you know, move each other forward in, in life and, and whatnot. So um, that, I guess, explains explains where that has, has derived from and, and also, you know, uh, that leaves me with no surprise as to why you guys are the way you are today, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, like I can show i can i could be the slight slightly a little bit of off and you know or i'll say something not right how i'd normally say it and you know bronze onto that straight away it's what's wrong you know do we need to talk or you know or even you know for, for once one day I, I i walked you know jumped in the shower with her and i just I just said nothing and I just stood there and, she, you know, I she kept asking me questions and, and was pushing me to talk and to the point where where I broke down and I was having a shit, t- a shit trot and, you know, she got me talking and, you know, after that, I, you know, that was probably, you know, just before you, you'd started doing this and, you know, you and I were talking a fair bit about it and, um, yeah, we both had pretty pretty shit days, I guess. Two you'd had one, and then I'd had one, and we both talked about it, and then uh, it made me go and speak to someone properly instead of talking to to me mates or talking to to friends about it. And yeah, it got me onto that 
that mental health plan is if, of talking to someone and, and having that regular con- contact with someone else who's not a mate or who's not a um, a loved one, you know, and I don't like to burden my my feelings with a lot of people because, you know, it's that's me. I, I don't like to do that. So, And it's good to have someone completely outside who... Um, who knows and is a profession in, in this and tells you that, hey, what, you, what you're going through is normal, but don't let it win sort of thing. Keep, keep, keep your chin up and, and keep rolling with the punches. You, you, you're going to get through it and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's, um, I was thinking about this Tuesday actually when we were um, hoping to catch up originally before, before work took precedent, but... Um, that you didn't you didn't quite get there, but I think the other half of what you were were saying um, in terms of not wanting to burden, um, there is kind of that feeling, uh, you know. Even very supportive people have an assumption of what you mean to them. I, th- I think to an extent. So if if Jordan's the, you know, uh, always enthusiastic um, guy who's who's funny and and going to have a great yarn about with sport uh, about sport with and and blah 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 blah. Um, th- it's probably you know not even that you don't want to burden someone. There probably is a little bit of feeling of that. Um, you know how are they going to react as as well um, if you rock up guard down? Yeah, no, exactly right. You've, you yeah, you've you hit the nail on the head again. Like it's exactly right. Um, yeah, guard down. It's um, it's a scary feeling. Like to to some people and to me, I again, it's it, I shouldn't have to. I've had that always had this feeling in my head that I shouldn't have to to tell people about what's going on with me. I'm the first person to ask you, are you okay? And you know, I I feel like that. You know, if I know if I get someone else talking, that makes me feel good because I'm helping them, and, and you know, I'm not worrying about me at the time. You know, I could be having a shit trot. But, you know, if I get someone else talking about them, I'm more than happy to listen, more than happy to, to offer advice and, and do what I can um, because it gets my mind off it. It's, um, and the extension of that, the, the other thing I was, I was thinking of um, that kind of rolls in with, with what you've said there is, is uh, maybe a bit of a, a broader stigma about it. Like I was, I was analysing, you know, I'm someone that is doing this with my own time because I'm, I'm genuinely passionate about this. Yet, I think there was some sort of a, a couple of, well, probably over a month ago now when um, me and you were chatting and you said that you were having a mental health day that day. Um, for me, there was, I, I don't think I, I had any, uh, you know, judging going on in, in the back of my mind but but what probably instantaneously come to mind apart from I need to take this conversation seriously and and, and I need to um, you know uh, be around you as much as I can for the next couple of days and, and, and make sure that you're in a good place and and all that there was probably also I don't know what I'd, what I'd say it was maybe there was a concern for me about um, I was worried about if they'd be judging you at work I think that was more it than 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 that I was obviously judging you because I think um, you know, mental health days are, and even just the naming of mental health days are such an Im- important part of 
um, employee culture, um, you know, making someone safe to feel that as part of their sick leave um, that they need a day off because they're not in the right mental place. I think that's that's incredibly important and and, and powerful. But but even for me who is in this space and, and empathetic um, to all things this, there was some sort of a conditioned um, inkling in, in the background of, oh, I hope, you know, I hope work isn't judging you or thinking you're unreliable or or something for that. I think it's um such a, you know, an old school co- cultural thing within Australia that you've still probably got way too many 55-year-old-plus guys that like to talk about their previous football accolades in local football and the likes that, that would think that that was, you know, pretty fucking soft or didn't happen in their day or or whatever it was, you know, I'm, I'm sure that we're getting past it, but I, I kind of called myself on that, that there was there was something to be concerned about there or that somebody might can be concerned about, I guess, um, which I found interesting. Yeah, like, and, and again, work, my, my work's been great with it all and, you know, I, I talk to my boss quite regularly about it. I had, it probably took me six months to... When I, to open up about it to to my boss, and tell him that I was, you know, I was depressed, and I had days where I didn't want to do anything, and or days where I I just sit there and, you know, I get nerve, I get that nervous, or I just I just break down because of the perception of me walking in somewhere and um, being judged, you know, and that's and that's me probably being in my head a little bit as well but yeah my my workplace has been fantastic and I, I I couldn't couldn't be happier with uh the people that I work with and how they um how they've treated me since I've opened, told them about my mental health issues and yeah like me probably me and my boss talk about it quite regularly now we we have catch-ups and you know we'll talk business for five minutes and you know, and then we'll talk twenty minutes about how we're travelling and how I'm travelling, and yeah, we just we, we we'll chew the fat, kind of thing. Gets gets my mind off it. Gets his gets you know, he's making sure that I'm okay, and yeah. And it becomes you know such a manageable um, collaboration after after that. I I think it's probably a a nice way of putting it. Like yeah. you, you really take this. Um, you know, this dragon in the room um, and turn it into a part of your normal conversation, a, a part of your normal upkeep um, and, and a lot of the additional anxiety that comes from avoiding, I guess, is, is pretty instantaneously relieved. Yeah, exactly right. And, yeah, just even, again, it's just a, another set of years uh, um, and another, yeah, another set of years to listen to and that are listening to you talk and... Uh, another another voice that's sort of calming that that dark voice in in the back of your head saying hey let's you know yeah just making sure everything's okay and it just helps 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 me battle the demon that's that's trying to get on me um, and it sort of you know puts him at bay knowing that I've got multiple people that I can talk to um, yeah it just helps me get through. It's crazy circles of life. So very shortly after that, um, what's probably three weeks ago now, uh, as you know, I had to put my puppy down that I, I absolutely adored 
Um, and uh, that's why that uh, I don't know if you saw I put up that video from Fitzy on the on yep. the social feed, which I, I could a thousand percent relate to, and and um, yep. you know really admired his candor, I guess. But I so that was I was trying to be strong for the for the broader house, I, I guess, in the whole lead up to that, and I had no idea how to process it, I guess. And then the Sunday, I think we were busy, and and um, the Monday, I, I knew it was kind of well, Monday was back to work, but I knew I knew that I needed some downtime, so. I messaged um, my boss, and they're always just sensational with with uh, workplace conditions and that sort of stuff. I guess, and I um, said, I don't know what you call it. Let's go mental health day, but I can't come in today. I think I messaged him early that morning. I said, um, you know, this is what's happened on the weekend, and probably sounds silly, but I'm I'm a wreck over it. So I'll be back at it tomorrow. I just need a day to be sooky, and and um, couldn't have been received better and and you know that was by um a gentleman that by title was sales manager you know during COVID-19 um when he's had all his broader figures decimated and stressed about a thousand other things and um I'm rocking up to tell him that you know I need a day off because I've had to put a pet down and and uh it was just instantaneously a really supportive message back and couldn't have couldn't have asked for more so um I guess that's that's an interesting think back for me, thinking about how the concern I had for you when when mm. I was the, the supporting friend, as opposed to um, uh, what it was like for me going through the process, and and that's a, um, yeah, that's definitely the first quote unquote mental health day I've ever had, and and being able to um, you know, ask that of my employer and not made feel like um, you know some sort of a failure or any sort of awkwardness um was was super empowering like i i it probably helped me know absolutely that i'll, I'll you know over today to mourn or whatever you want to call it and then i'll be smashing back after it tomorrow yeah exactly right and again um yeah with 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 your pets and you know it's funny how they're a massive part of your life and you think that they they don't understand you but they really do. They pick up on everything. Like my boy will, will sit there and he'll know when I'm having a bad day and all he wants to do is cuddle me and, you know, make sure I'm okay and, you know, he'll make me get up and go do stuff because he knows that I'm probably not feeling the best at the time and um, it's he's trying to get me out and get me get me vo- get me motivated and and not sit there and dwell on things. So and look and they're the smartest animals in the world. Pets, dogs, cats, whatever you've got. Your goldfish will probably pick up on them if you've got one. Um, but, yeah, once you've got that connection with a, with an animal, it's just it's amazing the things that these, uh, these creatures will do for you when they can pick up, when they can sense you're, you're not yourself. And I put, um, I put in that post but probably didn't delve into it like I wanted to because I didn't want to be political at all. Uh, yeah, let's just leave it at that. I didn't want to be political at all, shall we say, but um, I just think, uh, you know, and strongly so that just animals teach us so much about life to, and, and to the extent that I think in terms of emotional durability, shall we say, that um, people growing up in, in the country, let alone on farms, um, that have had the chance to have pets or, um, you know, interact with wildlife that's injured or, or whatever it may be, um, just in terms of, Teaching you how to care for something and teaching you empathy and teaching you about death and, and grieving and 
Um, you know, I feel like city kids is probably a, a harsh generalisation, but I feel like people that don't get to experience that and are, are very sheltered from life and grow up thinking or not being overtly aware that terrible things can happen and wonderful things um, can't possibly deal as well with when life finds them later on. Yeah, it's that, it's that whole circle of life thing. And again, growing up in a, in a country area, you, you, you get to see that probably on a, a more regular basis than uh, someone that's more metro-based growing up, in a sense. I thought you were going to go for Lion King on me for a sec with the circle think, of I, I life. Did, I did think about <laughs> it, but you know, I thought I'd, uh, I'd leave that alone. I was thinking about um, Mr Lachlan Floyd from last week. He's got a, he's got a Simba <laughs> tattoo, <laughs> which, I, which I love. So... Cool, trying to be slightly more positive after that big <laughs> divergent. So um, what would you say is the, the bravest or most honourable uh, thing you've done, George? Other side of the scale, where did you really exceed your expectations? Um, yeah, look, I, I'd have to probably get out. When I, uh, when I finished my baking career, really, I, I again, as I said, that's probably where all my problems yeah, problems started to say and um, and all the help and support of my family and Bron and Bron's family to support me and, and watch me go um, and sort of support me to, to take the leap to get out of baking because I thought that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And for me to, you know, as a, as a 21-year-old going, yeah, I'm a qualified trade baker and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I, uh, at 21, it's a bit daunting when you think, yeah, I've done this for seven years and I feel like I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. And um, and again, you know, Matt Stevo for, for taking the chance with me and, and he's always been very supporting to me and always a, another person to, to talk to when, when things get tough. Um, sort of, you know, he's always asking me how I am work-wise and, you know, making sure I'm okay and, you know, there's always a job here if you want it, and and again, I I probably might take him up on that. You know, when I'm semi-retired, if he's still kicking, if he's still got it, I'll I'll take him up on it. But yeah, it was probably taking that leap to to leave that career and and start in sales. Really, I, I went to Telstra and haven't looked back. And yeah, I'm probably probably still, you know, everyone's saying you'll have what do they say, six jobs in your lifetime sort of thing. I'm 26 and I've had I've had six, so <laughs> I've either hit my expect of either I'm either gonna stay in the same job I'm gonna do forever or I'm gonna be above average. <laughs> yeah, I've I've definitely had more than more than six. It's kind of um saying before about your apprenticeship, I was thinking it's kind of the flip side of the coin. Like I always think that's it's crazy to have 17, 18-year-olds choosing what they want to do for the rest of their life in terms of, um, you know, uni preferences and the likes and how do you expect them to know what sort of a professional they're going to be in a world that they haven't been an entire part of as, as yet. And I suppose um, there'd be plenty of people that are, are the same with apprenticeships of, of any trade. Like, obviously, you're kind of in that environment. You, you're definitely fast-tracked by everything other than legal means to being an adult and, and you're getting to... Um, you know, earn a living and and have all those responsibilities. But um, 
don't know, it's kind of like the the childhood sweethearts you see dating at, at school that, um, you know, get to their mid-twenties and, and break up because they've grown into very different people to the people that fell in love sort of thing. So I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people like you that at a, what, 15? Yeah. At 15, yeah, thereabouts, yeah, 15, get into an, an apprenticeship and, and get into, say, early adulthood um, where they're starting to have an appreciation of the way the world works and, and think, okay, this you know, probably isn't my whole story or, or mightn't even be a part of it again. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's uh, it's a chapter in my life that I, um, I'm i very grateful that I did and I've met some amazing people and I've worked with some amazing people and, um, yeah, I've got friendships that, you know, I, I still have to these days and there's people that I, I haven't spoken to since for a long time and... Yeah, like it, it just—it's just another avenue and another door that um, that I can keep open to for, for future endeavors. Yeah, um, absolutely, and I obviously know how much respect you have for for Madden. How often you're still catching up and and whatnot. So, um, totally understand that it's, it's you know there's a lot of love there. It's just not where your path end up going, I guess. Um, next question, Jordy. Who is your hero, would you say, or, or who do you admire most? Yeah, <laughs> I knew this one was coming and I, was, I have sort of prepared an answer. Um, look, I'd, I'd have to say the most of my, most of the male figures in my life, more so my dad, my uncles, my uncles, my uh, and my granddad, um, my stepdad, Gary, um, look, yeah, just the, the men that shaped me to be the person that I am today. Oh, I shouldn't say men, I should also say people, the people that shaped me. You know, my mum, both my mums were have been a massive part of me being who I am. And, um, yeah, and, and Bron. Bron's shaped me and helped finish that mould off and put those finer touches on, I guess, you know, by the fact that she's trying to keep my hairline Intact. She's trying to keep your hair long. Hair long, hairline intact. She's oh, your hairline intact. She's trying to keep the hairline going. As you know, you always make fun of me and my hairline. <laughs> well, I, th- I think you've definitely found a, a lovely lady that's the right height so that she can't see the giant solar panel forming on fucking top there, bro. Solar panel for a sex machine, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you could identify what about um, those people obviously you've gone through the influence it had on you but but what characteristics did you did you find about um, you know about your dad and uncles and, and granddad and the likes um, that you found admirable if, if you can kind of identify some of those be true to yourself you know, be yourself don't don't try and be someone you're not um, yeah that's that's always something that I've always noticed that Everyone, you know, especially my dad has always always said, you know, be yourself, be true to yourself, and yeah, you don't you don't make it being someone you're not. So um, yeah, it's just yeah, just trying to and also trying to forge your own path in life. Don't don't be a follower. Lead, you know, lead your you lead your own life. You don't want to don't want to be a follower your whole life. So yeah, that's yeah, that's probably. That'd probably be summing up, really. Just be yourself. 
Um, I've got a fair opinion on how you you're tracking on on those two things, but um, you know, how do you think? What's your opinion on on how you're doing it at representing those values you've identified? Yeah, look, I think I'm I'm, I'm tracking okay. You know, there's always going to be days. Where, as I said, I, I I hold myself to a pretty high standard, and I feel like there's days where I don't meet those expectations. But you know, I and that's why I have I have Bron because she'll she'll ground me and tell me that you are doing this right. You're not you're not you're in your own head at the time and. Yeah, it's just more of a. Yeah, I think I'm going okay. You know, I've, you know, I own my own house at, you know, sorry, I don't own my own house, but you know, I've built my own house at. You know, I was twenty twenty four at the time. I've travelled overseas. I've, you know, I'm engaged, soon to be married, and got a dog. Which you know, everyone sits there and goes that you know, a dog's can be more challenging than a child at some, at times and. I sit there and go, well, that's a test then. So if I can at least raise a dog, I think I can handle a child. So, <laughs> as I keep telling my mum, mate, you need to register a dog. Anyone can have a child. So there's already more of a commitment involved. <laughs> yeah, very true. You <laughs> pay for it. Um, yeah. So what was going through my head before that is is that for someone that uh, I guess doesn't have um, a hell of a lot of harsh edges, I I would think the vast majority of people find you very easy to get along with. There wouldn't be... I don't think you'd polarise a lot of people, um, but uh, it's not from a perspective of being a chameleon or being over-safe. I, th- I think at the same time you're you're incredibly true to who you are and I guess seeing your relationships um, with with your other males in, in your family is probably true of your second point that, you know, you, you clearly have a, a lot of love and respect um, for them, but you're, you know, not trying to... Um, live too vicariously in those footsteps you're doing doing your own jam yeah exactly right and you know and and bron says this multiple times and you know it's not especially in my line of work when i'm going in to see new new people new clients and bron go keeps going to me every day you know not every day but most days you know people love you for you you know they fall in love with the way you are and how you act and just how how genuine you are and you know, and I, you know, I sit there and I brush it off and tell her she's full of shit, and you know, but then I sit there and you know I look at things and you know the way that the people that I have um, I've interacted with over over the journey of my life, and I sit there and I go, well, yeah, well, maybe I do have an impact on people in certain ways that um, the people respect me a little bit more than someone some other people that they deal with during their life and because I'm that genuine person I guess so I, I tell it how it is and I don't hide behind a um a guard sort of thing especially when it when it's coming to to doing my job I don't I don't I don't lie, I don't lie about things I, I try to tell it how it is and you know being in sales yourself you know you tell it how it is people respect you for that yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the long game, the delayed gratitude. Yeah, I, I guess um, if you're trying to be a snake oil salesman, um, it might look great for a couple of months, but um, you know it's it's only going to start heading down rather than the heading up, that earning equity and yeah, and and putting uh, integrity over dollars. Yeah, and, look, and and the thing I always say to to, to people, clients, I should say. Um, I'm not here to, to take your money. 
because if I was taking your money, I'm not doing my job. And I, I say that to everyone. If I'm coming in to take your money, which is not what I'm here to do, I'm here to help you. You're, I'm here to help you help me, but I'm more interested in helping you. You might have already answered this one before when you were talking <laughs> about, um, you know, uh, that um, insistence or or effort to be genuine um, and, you know, maybe it's more of a symptom than a specific uh, effort, but wearing your heart on, the, on your sleeve the way you do um, could well be the answer. But if not, what, what would you say is the most admirable quality about you? Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, again, you've, you've probably answered it. I've sort of touched on it there. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I, you know, I'm, I, I don't like to, to sort of hide behind a, a, a mask or a, a something you know, to, to, I'm not two-faced. I'm very, very down the line with people. I tell people how it is and, you know, and it's not to the fact where I'll, I'll intimidate people because that's not in my nature. I can't, I don't have a mean bone in my body and that's probably why I couldn't sell cars. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I'm yeah, probably, yeah, hard on, hard on my sleeve and just be who I am, be genuine to me. Something also that we, we covered earlier in our divergence but but not specific to the question i guess um overall how would you describe your current relationship with your mental health i have good days i have bad days you know everyone does i'm up i'm down i'm here or there um i think i'm on top of it at the moment you know um but again who knows what tomorrow will bring who knows what next week will bring who knows what next month will bring who you just don't know it's just that constant battle of um, trying to stay out of your own head and not head into those dark places and that's why I, I've surrounded me with with the people um, and loved ones and that I and friends and mates that I'm with because I feel that I don't have to hide if I'm having a shit day they know they'll know and they can pick up on it and you know it's always again it's different eyes, different ears to, you know, for people to, because, you know, you, I might be feeling okay, but, you know, Bron will pick something up and um, like yourself might pick something up or, you know, other mates might pick something up that I've said or how I've acted and I sit there and reflect on it and I go, oh, well, maybe I was having a, a bad day. So, yeah, look, my current mental state, I'd say I'm, 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 I'm okay at the moment, but again, you just, like I, I'm probably on top of it, but you just you just don't know. It's just that that ever ever going battle, I guess. I think what your um, strange way to put it, maybe, but really, I think what you're really better in the bush then, don't I? No, no, no. no. <laughs> what 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 was going through my mind um, is that you are actually fantastically transparent in those in those moments. Like, um, you know, I have friends that. Um, you know they'll they'll start telling lots of stories about them almost that self validation and and um not be interested in the people around them and, and and stuff like that. So symptoms, I guess, of being in a bit of a negative state of mind and and probably struggling and needing to self justify and and the likes. But um, you know, I I can't for the life of me remember a time when. Uh, you've said something that I thought, hang on, that was an odd thing to come from Jordan 
maybe there's something going on that's you know I don't know if it's just because we've we've established that relationship, but I get the impression that's you with all of your um, you know core network that it's usually you you just overtly telling me um, that something has been up, which I, I think um, in in terms of you know breaking that stigma tension point of of being able to be uh, vulnerable around other men when they might expect you to be that upbeat, whatever it may be, whatever role you fill in in their life. Um, if, if you're you know not trying to get someone to fish and just saying, yeah, no, having a bit of a shit day, but um, working through it or, or whatever, it, it makes it far more approachable maybe. Yeah, and, and it's the fact that, you know, that I can I can say to, to a mate of mine, a mate of mine and go, yeah, I'm having a shit day and the first response is, do you want to talk about it? Or are you okay, you know, here if you need to if you need to catch up and it's 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 just the fact that you know i can sit there and i can tell people that i'm having a bad day and and people will turn around and go hey let's talk about it don't don't dwell on it let's talk about it let me know how you're feeling and you know um just more to the point where it's um yeah i don't i don't have to hide anything from people you shouldn't have to do that in life anyway you shouldn't have to hide hide things from people and it's probably um the the generation that i grew up in was was probably a bit the way that i felt that it was is you know men don't show feelings men don't have emotions and stuff like that but i've i believe that for many many years but that was just me being in my head um and now the fact that know you and i talk quite regularly about this and um yeah it's okay to to not be okay to to put it to that point um you know men do have feelings men do have emotions and it's okay to share them yeah and i think that probably the most concise way to say that i was trying to get it before is that it's like a positive loop cycle because people know that you're going to initiate um the discussion yep willingly that that you're in a down patch or whatever it may be i think it, it takes away any of their awkwardness or um you know fear of the conversation yeah correct and yeah it's the fact that yeah i'll steer the conversation and say that i'm not okay and people as, as, I, as I touched on before people respond to that with how how they how they please and how they wish and it's not like it's a bad thing to talk about it to, to anyone really now Absolutely, mate. Um, so, um, world's changed a lot this year, and and hopefully changing a lot over the the next uh, five weeks, shall we say, leading up to July, start of July. I think they're winding back a fair bit. So, um, now that we can be a little bit broader in our activities, what's something that you're looking forward to? Just going to the pub and having a beer. <laughs> like to be completely honest, it's. Like it's great saving all this money, but you you sit there and you go, you just miss the, um, and especially for work being being kept at home for work and, um, it's that social side of things that you miss and you know you, I used to sit there and you know get mates of mine go on a Friday night, hey come to the pub for a beer and you go, or come to the dogs for a beer on a Friday night at happy hour and you go, nah nah, I'm, you know I've had a pretty pretty busy week at work I just want to blow it off and you know you don't want to do anything or you make every excuse under the sun not to go but yeah just the fact of um 
of being able to go to the pub with your mates and have a beer and get the uh, get the feed me platter at the dogs and just yeah again chew the fat with your mates in a in a social setting and see where the night takes you because you know it's it's, um, it's un-Australian to not be able to go to the pub on a Friday night so you try and make your own pubs at home and it's just not the same. Yeah, no, no, very true. And I kind of, um, you know, everyone loves to be community police, I guess, but I, I laughed a little bit when I saw some of those memes or if that's the right word for for what it was, um, floating around where people were saying, um, you know, uh, your great-grandparents had to go to World War Two to save their country, blah, blah, blah. All you have to do is stay home and it's like yeah absolutely fucking true and there used to be dinosaurs as well and and stuff was a lot harder once upon a time but in in today's society and and you know forever backdated probably we're 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 social creatures so isolation um is is a issue it it is a burden that's why um you know they use isolation in prison as a punishment it's it's not complicated uh, when we're not designed to be without interaction um, you know, it, it literally kills people. So, mm. yeah, we, we, we're all creatures of habits. We all have our, our things that we do, and um, yeah, we're, we all follow a circle. You know, to put it into perspective, a circle of life. We've all got a, a social circle that we that we follow, and um, yeah, like just the fact of not being able to go out and see your mates, or you had to, you know, if you wanted to catch up with a mate, you had to had to, to sneak around and you sort of felt like you were you were a teenager again going out to see see this bird that you were that you were tuning for a while and you had to sneak out the window because mum and dad said no. <laughs> so if that bird was Josh White you can do better, I'll tell you that. Uh, no, it wasn't Josh White unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry Josh, we love you. Yeah, Jordan does. Um <laughs> not that it was particularly long ago for you, you bastard, but what's a piece of <laughs> advice that you'd give to eighteen year old Jordan? Yeah, well, eight years ago. Um, uh, what oh geez, what, yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Don't think that this is the 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 be all end all. You, you're only eighteen. You're going to continue to grow into a person, and um, yeah, it's I'd just say chin up, sort of thing. I know it's a bit cliche, but chin up and. Um, yeah, there's the sun will come out tomorrow. Love it, man. I don't know if it's um, you know the sort of people that are drawn to a project like this or, or what it may be, but um, as you know, because you listen every week, <laughs> n- none of the answers have been. Um, uh, I'd tell that you know little shit to fucking work harder or whatever it may have been. All all of them have been fairly optimistic and of the lines of it, it'll all work out. You know, don't. Don't overthink it too much, or, or certainly don't get caught up in in the negativity of something. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> this, yeah, you can't. I wouldn't tell myself to work harder because I was already working pretty hard at the time. So, <laughs> well, I like to think I was working pretty hard. Check that one with Steve, maybe. <laughs> um, so, interested to hear what you come up with for this. So, but as as you know, each week, um. Apart from Jake, because I sprung it on him and he deer in the headlights, and I don't think he's actually asked me one since. But um, end with interview the interviewer. So, uh, what's something 
um, it's currently going on for you or just in the broader men's mental health space maybe that you would like to discuss or get my take on? I'm not going to go mental health here because we talk about this quite a fair bit, but um, my thing is to you being a a dirty Essendon supporter and me being a lovely Carlton supporter, how long till Essendon win a final next, my friend? It's pretty harsh. Um, It had to be said. Yeah, I... I (laughs) Footy, footy talk. I, th- I think my dons are, um, you know, still quite some, quite some way off. Um, you know, they bought in a, a handful of attractive parts that I'm not sure necessarily all go together to to form a coherent picture, so to speak. And, and obviously, building your forward line um, around a, a pretty volatile and injury prone giraffe that doesn't seem to want to be there anymore. Um, is uh, restrictive, shall we say, when when he breaks down or or goes to Sydney next year or whatever it may be. Is he staying? Is he going to stay or is he going to go? Oh, yeah, no, I think they. It's like um, Dodoro should have taken the deal that he got this year. Yeah, maybe I think he was hanging out for those two first round picks, but <laughs> but you know he's probably worth a third round pick the way it's travelling this year. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, there's a there's a saying in. Fighting that um, if you ever think about retiring, it's the time to retire because you know the consequences are pretty real for the for, for being five percent off against young, hungry animals that want to rip your head off. And and I think um, football club culture is kind of the same. If anyone expresses an interest in getting out, you know, take the L on whatever the trade is if it's what needs to happen um, for the sake of culture. I think there's you know great history of um, clubs losing their best player uh, and and doing pretty well after. I think Adelaide went up after Dangerfield left. Um, Hawthorne obviously did pretty nicely after Buddy left. Um, you know, it often turns out that you've got more than you think you did and, and that what you have is, was allowing them to elevate but wasn't necessarily good for the side. So uh, I think if it, he's going to break down or if he was going to leave sooner rather than later and, and same with... Um, Orazio, just from a cultural perspective, I don't know why you'd keep him and then take him out of the leadership group and it's just a, a needless distraction. Yeah, I uh, actually thought you were going to go around the fight club mentality there when you started talking about fighting. But you don't talk about... So the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club. <laughs> I can't fucking win on, on this platform, to be <laughs> honest, because I had a... Obviously, I'm overly opinionated about everything, but I thought for the palatability and, and um, you know, obviously I didn't want this to in any way be about me as a platform. I'm just here to facilitate and hopefully let people tell good stories but um, I was very keen accordingly for there to be um, no politics no religion and and <laughs> obviously footy's <laughs> effectively religion it is it's <laughs> footy's life and within I think the first 15 minutes of um, of the first podcast with Jake Jake's um, I don't know whether I was giving him greasies and he kind of reined it in but he was saying why he's quite passionately atheist um, so we lasted 15 minutes without getting to religion and <laughs> and now you've fucking brought football into it. Oh, I had to do it. Okay. <laughs> all right, man. Well, um, it's probably all we've got time for, but um, that was really cool. Obviously very overdue, but, uh, you know, real privilege to to have a chat with you like it is 
you know, the three times that we spoke today leading up to this or that it was Tuesday or that it was last week. So, <laughs> or the week um, before or the month before that. It's probably probably nice to be able to reach out and bump elbows with you or whatever the fuck you're supposed to do at the, at the moment as opposed to just talking on the phone. So that's that's novel to get to see your balding head. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the rest of my hair has gone to my face. Yeah, your beard looks pretty staunch, I must say. That's fine. Pretty masculine. Thank you. Um all right, man, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Blokes, thanks again for tuning in. Really hope you got something out of that. Start having those conversations with your mates, with your family, with a mental health professional if you need to. There's absolutely no shame in it. If you want to reach out to us or follow along, we're on Facebook or Instagram under Blokes Don't Talk. Uh, And to listen, we're available on all your good podcast platforms. Share it with a mate. Even if you're not quite sure, worst he can do is tell you he's not that interested. Might come back to you in a month or two and, and have really got something out of it. Thanks again. Talk next week.